0: And I can see the ground, now I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. Uh, The good times, they've been rolling on and or off. Uh, A bit of a weird week. My comedic hero got me too'd on Twitter and cancelled. Pretty comprehensively. Which is, that's bad news, bear. When the bloke you look up you look up to is going down, it's a weird one. It's a weird one to deal with. My favourite comedian, Chris D'Elia, unfortunately, uh, turns out he's a big old creep, big old creeperoo. Tough thing to hear when you've uh, sort of based a lot of your mannerisms and stuff off this bloke, and when you're ninety episodes into a podcast, more or less ripping this bloke off, and it turns out he's a borderline paedophile. <laughs> It's, it's not what you want to hear at episode 91. But I'll, I'll talk a bit about that later. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm also way too far in this show and it's getting fucking full on. This TV show Nashville. I'm into season four and I dead set. I'm hooked. I can't stop watching it. But I can't get through like more than two episodes without a suicide at the moment. Like these people in Nashville, if they're not cheating on each other or blowing each other's heads off. They're killing themselves or or betraying someone. And it's like, guys, what happened to the music? You know, it was all about the country music. Get out of, get out of banjo and sing about whiskey. You know, they're doing there's corrupt business. Everyone's crying. It's not good. It's not good. I, t- I take on too much from the TV shows I watch. You know, the other night I went to bed in absolute strop because one of my favorite characters got cheated on. I was like, fuck, you don't treat Avery like that. After all he did for you, you know, start screaming at the TV. But anyway, so there's been some ups and some downs. I had a couple of in- interesting calls come through uh, regarding, you know, a f- few possible opportunities, that sort of stuff. So that's that's always exciting. Um, I had one that's probably not a very good opportunity, but I think it could be a funny, uh, funny segment. So I'll see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, so lots happening. Not all of it good but not all of it bad either you know and it's fucking it's still pretty sick out there i gotta say and i've said this i said this long before corona get out and see australia there's so many great places in in this great country i went away again this weekend i was like an hour and a half outside of sydney i was like just before newcastle somewhere in this lake house and i know what you're thinking. What do you, by lake house, you mean you're near the lake? No, we were we were basically on the lake. I'm talking a gentleman's four meters, you know, eleven yards between the the back door and the lake. The backyard was the lake. It was a back lake, and it was cheap as chips. You know, get out there and see this beautiful country. So much to see, so much to do. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? I'll say that. Uh, but but I had a cracking weekend, um, and. I had a fun weekend, but not heaps happened. Sometimes I need like, you know, it's it's better for the pod if like, you know, a bouncer throws me through a window or something, but not, it was just a really fun time. Uh, You know, it was with all my comedy mates, so all, all my comedian mates from the Young Guns Comedy Tour, which I've spoken about quite a bit on this pod. We all got a lake house and just got blind really for the whole weekend. It was good fun. Me and Pat spent most of Friday night just screaming at each other about you know, how we're going to be famous or why aren't we famous yet. Uh, that's pretty pretty much part of the course whenever me and Pat get drunk together. And it was good. Uh, my mate Rowan passed out on a table, which wasn't ideal. But he's probably the most arrogant bloke in the in the, in the group, so I really took him down a peg. So that was kind of good for the group harmony. You know, it's sort of the uh, the most arrogant bloke face down on a table. Wasn't great for the logistics of the house because we only had two tables. So he's used one as a bed. That's, that other table's really got to step up. That other table had all sorts of shit on it. But, so it was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. We went fishing on the Saturday. Um, Pat caught a fish and then I tried to take the hook out of its mouth because Pat was being a little bitch. Um, and it was really stuck in there. And I took the hook out. Um, unfortunately, I appear to have taken a couple of vital organs with me on the way. And I, I killed this fish pretty comprehensively. I can't, I don't know what happened, but then everyone's like, fuck Bill, you killed it. And I was like, no, no, he's all right. And I chucked the fish back in the lake and he just did that thing. You know, when fish die, they just float to the surface upside down. You know, a bit dramatic if you ask me, fish. You know, can is there a goddamn fish out there that can die with some dignity and sink to the bottom? Instead of floating up on the top looking sad, you know, like, you're dead already. I tried to save you. I tried to get the hook out of your mouth. So, you, you know, imagine if people did that. You know, some some surgery went bad. And in, instead of, you know, just dying quietly, people freaking just looked into the eyes of the surgeon. Like, how could you do this? Even though they're already dead. You know, the surgeon tried his best. I tried to get the hook out of your mouth, mate. You know, catch and release. That's my motto. But yeah, so this, the fish died. And then later on, I bet on a horse. Uh, we went to the pub, had a few Skunanas. I'm, I'm having a, having a punt. I bet on a horse, and um, it's like a friggin' dollar twenty favorite. It was a coward's bet, and this thing pulled up lame, didn't even finish the race. And we all know what happens to horses that don't finish the race. They don't get a fucking high five and a carrot at the end. Okay, they licked, they fucking got to lick that metal lollipop, and uh, and they, they're off to the glue factory, my friend. So. That was sad. The the amount of blood on my hands on Saturday, a horse and a fish, land and sea, I was murdering animals by accident. I couldn't believe it. Um, and that is just such a sad thing about horse racing, which you don't think about. Is that, yeah, look, you, you thought your dad was strict when you were playing under six soccer. You know, when your dad was like silent on the way home after a loss, you're thinking, fuck, this bloke's the toughest coach ever. Try being a racehorse, horse, Okay. Driving a racehorse when you come last and you've sprained your ankle and you can't race anymore. You know? I bet that horse would love a silent trip home. He'd love to go home at all. Instead of, yeah, just fucking licking, licking up that metal chuppa-chup, getting his poor head blown off, you know? The Dark Side of sea biscuit. Where's that Netflix doco? You know? We got fucking Epstein doing all sorts of shit to, to young women. In fact, dear God. I mean, I used to think jeffrey epstein what a monster i still think that but now my my favorite comedic hero chris D'Elia. you know he's he he might have had some frequent flyers on that island we don't know what this sick fuck's been up to but yeah i'll talk about that later but anyway so yeah it was a fun weekend uh you know accidentally killed a couple of animals par for the course but then how's this so my soccer my soccer team i'm back playing soccer this year right Mostly for the camaraderie, you know, the the social the social aspect. Um, as far as actually playing the game itself, I've got, you know, I've medium amounts of interest. As far as training, my, minus 10 interest. I hate training across all codes of sport, okay? But, you know, you've got to be part of the team. That was the best thing about doing stand-up comedy. I'd play cricket and soccer. I could never train. I'd be like, sorry, man, I can't train. I'm a fucking superstar. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I can't make the fitness on Tuesday. I've got to go to Wollongong and play for seven people. Okay. I've got shit on. All right. And it was a great excuse. And people knew that people knew they said, yeah, Billy Darcy, the comedian, he can't come to training because he's doing comedy. And that was a, that was a foolproof excuse I had for years. And now I'm famously unemployed. So I have to go to soccer training. I'm not happy about it um but but i go and you know if you want to be part of the team you got to put in the work and i'm not happy about that either but i'm doing it and the problem is we're doing a lot of fitness and i'm not very fit okay now there's a problem right there so doing fitness I almost blacked out last week and we're doing a lot of fitness to be honest but this week i rock up and the coach goes yeah lads same same drills as last week Different, different drill first added on, though. I go, fuck, here we go. We did the beep test. Now, even just saying that, I apologize for anyone that's been triggered by that statement. But we did the beep test. If that doesn't give you fucking year nine PTSD, I don't know what does. Okay, the beep test is a torture like no other. I, you know, there were rumors the FBI was using the beep test on freaking members of Al-Qaeda to get them to tell them where Osama was. That's how they found Osama in that cave, okay? They fucking made these, these Al-Qaeda blokes run the beep test. They got up to 13 sprinting. They just said, he's in the cave over there. We can't do this anymore, dude. This is fucked. Can you just go back to waterboarding me? I don't want to do this anymore. I'll tell you where ISIS is. I just can't do the beep test anymore. You know, that robot voice? Level 12, 2. That robot voice is so cold. Dude, I, oh, man. The beep test, dude, is wild, okay? You just... It was the ultimate... It immediately put everyone in a social hierarchy in year nine, year eight, year seven, you know? As if being the fat kid at school wasn't bad enough. Not that I was the fat kid, but uh, I was actually rake rake thin back then. Rake thin. And... uh, But, you know, you think... You think you're you're the chubbiest guy in your year at school in year eight. You think, fuck, this is a pretty hard life already. You know, let me... Hopefully I can make a few friends. Once people see that I'm actually a really nice guy, you know, they'll they'll get around me. And then you rock up to PE week one of the term, you're doing the beep test. And dude, I always just think like the 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 one the one fat kid of the class who has to who stops doing the beep test early in, in year eight or whatever. Toughest, toughest thing to watch ever. The poor bloke. But also part of you is like, thank fuck, I'm not the first one to get out of this thing. You know, and the oh, the beep test is brutal as soon as we started the beep test i swear i could hear my year eight pe teacher say pick it up darcy you fucking loser and whether he said that or not in real life is irrelevant because i've my mind believes it and it's it's fucking brutal dude i remember we were doing the beep test in year eight i remember i swear to god the robot voice on the speaker even though it's all pre-programmed the robot voice said level seven one pick it up timmy you fat fuck I, I swear to God, the robot said that. And we had a fat bloke in our class called Timmy. It was like, I don't know how it happened. But it was it was brutal. The beep test is brutal. And, and I'm not on my high horse here. I'll, this is probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever said on this podcast. And I have had a segment called Strikeout City for about 90 episodes, detailing the various women who've rejected me. But this is still by far the most embarrassing thing I'll admit on this pod. But I'll say it because on this pod, we get candid. Okay, we open up. We share okay i don't and i'd like to come clean i got 8.5 on the beep test 8.5 i think it goes up to 15 you remember there was always that one freak in your class who was still going at like 14 you're like what the fuck and then you remember he was an ethiopian exchange student the guy was fucking bound for the olympics you know but dude uh you know if you're not kenyan it's a fucking brutal test i got 8.5 do you know how embarrassing that is and you know how embarrassing it is to realize that at 14 okay so i'm 25 now at 14 i was in better physical condition than i am right now i don't think i even hit puberty until i was like 17 i was one of those kids i was dead set like getting my high school diploma fucking looking like i was fresh out the womb you know at 14 with my seven-year-old body i was in better nick than i am now and it's a stark reminder that you know, boozing it up with very little exercise is a bad, it's a bad combo. And you're living in fantasy land if you think it's not. So we did the beef test and it was it was traumatic. It brought back a lot of bad memories. And I'm not really sure what the point of it was. You know, because it's, you can't, We our first game's in two weeks. Yeah, and if we wanted to get fit, we should have been getting fit in fucking January. But the, So we're doing the beef test now, trying and sort of just bump the fitness up at the last minute. But I don't think it's going to help me too much when some 45-year-old pommy bloke fucking gives me a spinning elbow as we jump for a header and says, fucking Northwood's in the house. Have some of that, mate, you know? So, absolute fucking PTSD on Monday. Brutal experience. Brutal indeed. But we got a couple of things to talk about. I'm going to talk about this crystal air thing later. Man, it's a hard one to talk about because obviously I don't know him or whatever, but I've got some some thoughts i don't know might pull out of that one we'll see how i'm feeling but here's a fun story that came across my desk thank you to will gibb for sending this in he's a friend of mine i don't know if he listens to the pod or not but he regardless sent in a topic um i think a lot of people would have seen this this uh this young this young bloke you know this just he's just a, a man like you and me or uh you know a human i should say uh and basically this kid on his 18th birthday he's got a big fat mullet a pretty fucking impressive mullet as well and i am not a fan of the mullet not not because of the haircut itself i actually like the mullet but it's just it's gone a bit mainstream you know and and especially in the parts that i live there's some pelicans from like the manly bondi you know like rich beaches area rocking a mullet for the wrong reasons i think you know they they would never rock a mullet unless it was like the, fu- the the thing to be done. You know, they don't truly want the mullet and I resent them for it. But I do actually am a big fan of the mullet. And what happened was this bloke, his 18th birthday, he got rejected from a pub by a bouncer, which is very close to my heart, an issue. Uh, and basically he got rejected from a pub by a bouncer because of his mullet. The bloke said, sorry, we're a mullet free zone. You can't come in. And this was on all the news, A Current Affair picked it up, and really the saddest thing about this story is, is that the news even covered it whatsoever. You know, imagine you do a seven-year master's degree in journalism, right? You're, you, you've covered politics, science, medicine, you know, culture and society, and now you find yourself typing this up in the frickin' Channel 9 studios. It's, it's barely a story, okay? I'll cover it because this podcast is just whatever. It's dumb and silly and we just we just talk about whatever and we have a bit of fun. But if I was actually a real journalist and I was covering this, I would quit. And I'd probably get a job at 7-Eleven or something, you know? But but a current affair was all over this and Dead set. I don't know what I don't know why the news is covering this story. If if a current affair is suddenly so interested in blokes getting rejected by bouncers. They should dead set do a 2-hour special on my 2019, okay? There was not a city in this great nation where I didn't have a large Samoan man tell me to hit the bricks, okay? And I'm fine with that, but I just didn't know it was newsworthy, okay? So if we're doing stories about about young young men getting fucking told to hit the bricks and that they're not welcome in the venue, I should be the poster boy for that course. I feel Okay, and then this little little whatever, 18 years old, first day on the scene, gets rejected from a pub and we're all fucking, we're all around him. Oh, oh no, you know. You know, serve a three-month ban and look the same bouncer in the eye and, and, and know that he doesn't like you. There, where's my story? But anyway, so I feel a bit jealous of this young man, if anything. Um, but I hate this journalism where they have, a, they have a journalist who's clearly never had a beer in his life talking about this this topic he goes you know uh this young man jason he went to the bar with his mates for a beer he had his double pluggers and his mullet ready to go a true aussie battler it it just sounds so fake and uh and so he wasn't let in because of his mullet which i disagree with i'll go on the record but i love this the head of the wa hotels association came out and said yes some of our places are anti-mullet You'll just have to go to the places that let you in with your mullet but we won't be he did not backtrack at all now i didn't even know there was a hotel association of wa i didn't know who the head of that association was i still don't know his name but it is clear that this bloke is not to be fucked with okay so if you've got a mullet in wa be prepared that the the hotel association doesn't give a fuck. okay they're not backing down you can absolutely hit the bricks and i respect that man for the strength of his views even if i didn't agree with them myself now i think everyone should be allowed to go anywhere regardless of their haircut but a a strong point of this story that they let out they left out and this and this bloke uh this you know young young 18 year old bloke um he said he said it's it's bullshit i'm not there for a haircut i'm there to sink frothies you know And I bet the the lads love that one, as I did, mate, as I did as well. But what they left out was this bloke was trying to get into a Mexican cocktail bar, okay? So it's not exactly the local down the road, all right? It's not the place you'd go to sink frothies, is it? You know, it's a really nice tiny cocktail bar. And here's the thing, here's where I draw the line. You can have a mullet or you can have a mango margarita, but you can't have both, okay? So this young man clearly needs to pick out... Who he wants to be in life, okay? Because if you're going to have the mullet, you know, you can talk the talk. It's time to walk the walk, okay? If you're going to cut yourself a mullet and claim to be this Aussie legend, you can't then get your first fucking, as soon as you turn 18, head down to the local cocktail bar and order yourself a pink daiquiri. That's not how it works, champion, okay? And if I see you with any fluoro drinks, I'm going to cut that mullet off, okay? I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to keep it as a trophy as I enjoy a Carlton draft, all right? So that's the deal, okay, he shouldn't have been, he should not have been rejected, but at the same time, mate, you want to have a mullet, then it's time to rock a fucking mullet, go to an actual pub, you know, I bet if you went to a real pub that sold fucking real beers and not just Coronas mixed with 46 limes for all the accountants who don't like the taste of it, you know, if you went to a real pub, you would have been fine, but you went to this little, this little hole in the wall, you know, what did you go on, Time Out Perth and look for the best cocktail bars, you know, ooh, a lemon-lime daiquiri with extra peach. Oh, let me, let me give my mullet a good conditioning and let's get on in there. No, that's not how it works. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You want to look like a criminal, it's time to drink like one. Okay? So those are my thoughts on that. And so I'm pro-mullet, but just back it up is what I'm saying. And speaking of Speaking of back, uh, this next bloke had a mullet for quite some time. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Kyrgios. And, you know, I am famously pro-Kyrgios on this podcast. Um, And the thing with Nick Kyrgios is, I just think most of the stuff he gets in trouble for, honestly, who gives a fuck? Just stupid little things, whatever. And what happened in the tennis world this week was Novak Djokovic, proud Serb. Uh, one of the greats, I actually really like Novak, um, but he, <laughs> and this is so Serbian to do this, he held a tennis tournament in Serbia and Croatia with absolutely no coronavirus precautions whatsoever. And that is so Serbian to, to do that, to just be like, oh, coronavirus is frickin' not real, you know, just just have a vodka orange, you know, that's, that's flu, flu medication in, in Serbia is a, is a vodka orange, you know. The vodka kills the germs, and you, then you get the vitamin C from the juice. That's how they—that's how they treat disease in the Baltics. And I'm not sure if Eastern Europe and the Baltics are the same place, but same ballpark, surely. So, what happened was he's done this uh, tournament against all—you uh, know—health regulations, government advice, everything. Novak's gone. Yeah, guys, I know there's a global pandemic, but it's nothing my backhand can't sort out. Okay. I'm I'm a I'm a great Serbian and no disease can touch me. You know, in, in Serbia they probably still think like only gay guys can get coronavirus or something. It's very busy. Biz- Serbia is a backwards place in a lot of in a lot of ways. But it's it's a great country. And I, I do have a lot of Serbian friends, so don't think I'm anti Serb by any means. But uh and what happened was obviously everyone got coronavirus, including Novak himself. Um <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked Novak. Uh you know, who would have thought scientists would know better than a guy who who hits balls for a living? I am. I'm blown away, and I'm. I'm just. You know. I'm dealing with this as best I can. So, you know, Novak gets coronavirus. A lot of the uh, players do, and it's a fucking dumb thing, what he's done. And no, uh, Nick Kyrgios has gone gone straight to Twitter. You know, the big chief. He, he takes names on Twitter. You know, and he goes prayers up to all the players that have contracted COVID nineteen. He goes, don't at me for anything I've done that has been irresponsible or classified as stupidity because this takes the cake. And that's a fucking... That's an ace straight down the line from, from the fingertips of Kyrgios. Love that from the big fella, you know? And and also there was a video of Novak Djokovic like shirtless, drinking beers, like fucking licking people's necks and shit, just being a, a weirdo all around. And I just fucking love it. And too often in sport, you know, th- sport and celebrities... Probably not the best time to talk about celebrities, you know, getting a hard time with my with my favourite celebrity actually turning out to be a, a big old creeperoo, but, uh, I feel, yeah, Nick Kyrgios, man, what what has the guy done that's so bad, you know? What the guy... They, no, people would say Novak Djokovic is a much better bloke than Nick Kyrgios, but he pulls this shit. Nick Kyrgios is just, like, throws a bit of banter, gets fired up in the moment, whatever, you know? Why do we constantly nitpick at every little thing these sports stars do? we create villains in our own heads there's no you know it should be a case by case thing of fucking of what we're doing you know like uh Benji Marshall kissed a reporter on the cheek a couple weeks ago and everyone was saying he was in trouble for um for breaking covid regulations you know he's just he's just seen a friend from the media gave her a kiss on the cheek said hey Kate how you going everyone was blowing up at Benji Marshall right there are legitimate violent criminals playing in the NRL who weren't in the news that week Violent criminals, who some of which have been to prison, playing in the NRL, and yet everyone's having to go at Benji Marshall for this shit. Freaking uh, like we just nitpick the wrong things, and this is one of them, mate. Nick Kyrgios, the whole country hates him. What if you take out the fact that he hasn't become the number one that everyone wanted him to be? What has he actually done wrong? Leave this actual absolute vessel alone. He's doing way more for the, for the sport of tennis than in half of the nerds who don't say anything in the press conference anyway. You know. I freaking hate that. I hate when people nitpick and just because someone says something you don't want to hear, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. What you're not allowed to do is have a fucking tennis tournament where everyone's shaking hands, sitting next to each other, you know, drinking out of the same glass, giving each other Serbian kisses. You know, I don't know what a Serbian greeting looks like, but I assume it's like 46 kisses on the cheek and then you, you ruffle their hair and put your finger up their ass. I'm not sure what they do, but... But it's it's bizarre behavior, and once again, Nick Kyrgios, I'm showing my support for this great man. Okay, he's interesting, he's a he's a character, and he brings people into the sport. You know, so what more do you want? What more do you want? And it's always this thing about, you know, a lot of the comments are like, you know, Kyrgios blasts Novak. You know what? Uh, th- that was a lot of the headlines. You know, Kyrgios Kyrgios uh, takes to Twitter to put Novak to task. You know this sort of stuff. Why is talking about uh, someone who did something bad also bad in this in this day and age? It's like you know maybe a hush hush thing in Australia Australian culture. I remember one time I was hanging out with all my mates and one of the lads had um had been sleeping with one of our mates' ex girlfriends like the week after they broke up, and the bloke who was was sleeping with the ex was there, and we we're all pissed, having a good time, and this this bloke was being a pelican, and one of the lads said, "Oh yeah, mate, well why don't you go fucking." Go back and jump into bed with so-and-so, you piece of shit. And everyone everyone was mad at, at the bloke who said it, not the bloke who fucking did it. You know, it was all, oh, come on. Come on, Damo, mate. That's a bit much. Why'd you have to bring that up? Why'd you have to bring that up, mate? Oh, that's a bit much. How is that anywhere near as bad as actually fucking doing it, you know? I hate that. I hate it when people nitpick that small stuff. Blows my mind. But anyway. So... You know, it's just like the, yeah, I hate that. I hate that stuff. Ugh. Some people do it to me sometimes, and it's just the biggest pet peeve of all time. Like people like, uh, some blokes will say to me, like 20, 26-year-old mates mine or whatever, 27-year-old mates. They're like, hey, so you, you're still working a casual job? And it's like, yeah, 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 I am, yeah. And they're like, oh, mate, come on. When are you going to get out into the real world, get, get a real job? It's like, it's like, mate, I live out of home, pay my own rent and bills. These blokes are 26, 27, still living with their parents. Why are, we, why are we on this this tiny detail of me working a casual job when you still have your mum make you dinner at night? You fucking child. But anyway, anyway. So I probably... <laughs> that stuff bothers me. Um, Alright, so next up is something that I find absolutely hilarious. Um, so there's this thing. I, I don't know if you have it in every city, but in Sydney there's a couple of them now. I think they're in every city. Um, so basically there's a thing called cork and canvas and it's where you go and you get drunk on wine and they give you like a stencil of a painting, you get to do a painting and uh, you get to take the painting home with you and it looks pretty sick. It's a great idea. And (laughs) there's this one in North Sydney and it's really popular. And now there's this new one that's opened up across the road and it's called Sips and Strokes. Okay. So it's the exact same concept, just with a different name. And I think that, it, and it's right across the road. I honestly think that is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, These people that blatantly just steal ideas, and I don't know if there's any legal ramifications for it or what, If you could, if you can just get around it by saying it's a different name, I think it is the funniest thing on the planet, you know, like just to blatantly rip off an idea that's not yours, and then keep a straight face and just be like, yeah, come on over. Yeah, don't go to cork and canvas. Come to Sips and Strokes, you know? We're exactly the same thing, you know? Like these blokes were like, fuck, yeah, I was I was trying to come up with a business idea, but uh, it's actually really hard, you know? It's it's so hard to come up with a good business idea, you know? I, you know, Cork and canvas is like, what a great idea. I tried to come up with my own version of that, but it's impossible, you know? You know, I was going to do stand-up paddle boarding and whiskey tasting at the same time it was a terrible idea i was going to do it in sydney harbour oh in winter terrible and then i thought why don't i just do the exact same thing as cork and canvas they've already done all the hard work it's a great idea why don't i just do that it just came to me you know i, th- I think that is the funniest thing of all time and i love it when you go to these places where they've blatantly just ripped off someone else and they say they try to put their own spin on it you know no at um at Sips and Strokes, we actually focus more on the types of wine you're drinking, not just the wine and the painting. You know, it's more about, we um, we actually only drink white wine here at Sips and Strokes, whereas at Cork and Canvas, you can drink red and white. So that that's the difference. So it's very different, you know, completely different idea. And that is the funniest thing of all time. I would pay, I'll go to Sips and Strokes. I'll pay them 70 bucks or whatever. If on arrival, the owner comes up to me, gives me a high five and says, dude, how good is it? I just completely ripped off Cork and Canvas and I'm 100% getting away with it. Yeah, I know. Give me a high five. This is great. I'm living the dream. I, I'm not a good businessman, but I just realized if I just copy someone else, I can just do whatever I want. This is great. And then I high five and be like, yeah, good on you, man. You, you've done it. <laughs> You're a genius. And then he gets up there. He goes, hey guys, this welcome to Sips and Strokes. Uh, if you've ever been to Cork and Canvas, it's exactly the same. We just stole the idea. So, go nuts, if you need anything, I'll be over there, you know, that would be the funniest fucking thing ever, you know, I love it, the best idea of all time would be a TV show where you get two blokes sitting at a table, or like maybe at a, like a Jerry Springer type show, where it's the guy who started the business, and the guy who stole his idea, and just get him drunk, and just start fucking kicking off, dude, that would be the best thing of all time, like, How is there not legal ramifications for stealing someone's idea like that? Even like Ola and Didi instead of Uber. I love love them. They're so funny. They're literally like Ola's... They're just like, hey, we know you guys like Uber, so we just did that. (laughs) Yeah, we saw how popular Uber was, so we thought, fuck, why don't we just do Uber? But we'll call it another word that means completely nothing, you know? Didi, like... DD is so cheap it's unbelievable like I don't know how these things can get any cheaper when I went to Brisbane me and Pat were taking DDs everywhere last year and like they give you like a $30 voucher when you sign up and then it's like they do surge prices where it's like minus 50% you're paying like 6 bucks a ride I don't know how the driver's making any money I have no idea how the company's making any money surely the next uh, the next driving service will be called like fucking desk and then you'll just you'll jump in a desk car and they'll pay you, you you'll you type in hey i need to go to the city and they say yeah we'll we'll do it for 40 bucks is, is cash all right and you'll be like yeah cash is fine and the guy hands you 220s and goes all right let's go you know i don't know how you can keep ripping off this this company and keep like undercutting them it's gonna uh, eventually come to a come to a halt but i'm happy for as many driving services to pop up Uh, you know, just to get a clean slate on the rating system because, like I said, unfortunately, I've had a bit of uh, bad luck with Uber in my time. But yeah, dude, so right across the road from Cork and Canvas is Sips. What is it called? Sips and Strokes. They've even, like, so Cork and Canvas, the wine and the art, Sips and Strokes. If I owned Sips and Strokes, every morning I'd go out the front of Sips and Strokes with a big coffee and I'd wave at the guy who owns Cork and Canvas. How you going over there, Jeff? I'm already booked up for tonight again. Yeah, it's crazy out here. Yeah, I know. Yep. All right. Thanks for everything, mate. Thanks for everything. You are you are literally putting my kids through high school, my friend. Thank you for the idea, dude. If, if I had a great idea like that and someone stole it, I'd lawyer the fuck up. I would. I would. Ugh, I'd be furious. You know. I reckon everyone just needs one a good idea in life, and you you're off to the races. You know. Like, Steve Smith invested in koala mattresses, which is apparently now, it went from like a $200,000 company to like a, like a $50 million. Now, you can't tell me, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that Steve Smith had any clue about mattresses or knew that that was going to happen. He just got in on a on a, what, what turned out to be a great thing at the ground level. You can't tell me he knew that was going to happen. He's, he's made millions off koala mattresses. Okay? You just have a, you know, you jump in at the right time, little bit of luck. He's set for life. He never has to play. You know, poor Shane Watson is playing in like the fucking Bangladesh Premier League, almost getting his head blown off at these one star hotels just to keep food on the table. Steve Smith won't have to do that. He's got the koala money coming in for years to come. You know, what a time to be alive. So, anyway. Now. All right, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, so this Chris layer thing. All right, let's talk about this. So, how much time have I done? 37 minutes, you fucking shitting. me. All right, whatever, dude. All right, so here's the deal. If you're not familiar with Chris layer because I don't know if he's that famous in Australia, but he's one of the biggest comedians on the planet. He's probably going to play Arenas next year. So, Arenas is like, you know, the more or less the biggest a comedian can get. You know, it's like Kevin Hart level. So he's a multi-multi-millionaire, one of the most successful stand-ups on the planet and a personal hero of mine. But unfortunately, so he's 40 years old now. Um, unfortunately, all this stuff came out last week. He's been messaging all these 16, 17-year-old girls, like trying to get nudes off them, trying to get them up to his hotel room, uh, you know, being like saying real creepy shit to them. And they're all his fans, most of them. So they're like 16, 17-year-old girls. Imagine you're 16, 17, year old girl or guy, and your hero DMs you on Instagram. Dude, I'd fucking send him a nude myself. Like, you know, it's, it's predatory behavior. It really is. And it's a weird one because, you know, all the Me Too stuff happened and stuff, and I do pay attention to that stuff. But it's different when, like, Louis CK got Me Too'd. I do like Louis CK's stand-up, but it's different because I listen to Chris Delia's podcast every week, and I listen to him on every podcast he's ever been on. And when you listen to someone's podcast... You think you know them, you know? You, you think you you know them, you know, on a, on a certain level. And I hope you guys, you know, feel like you sort of know me well enough. And, but it turns out, yeah, I don't know. So, it's really shocking. You, like, this guy you've looked up to, like, this podcast, especially the first 20 episodes of this podcast, just between you and me, but I was blatantly ripping off Chris D'Elia. Okay, not intentionally, but like, I I modeled my podcast on his. I want he has a solo podcast where he sort of tells stories and doesn't he doesn't, you know, get into any serious facts or anything. Any serious stories. Well, I guess we know why. Um but I thought that was a good format the way he sort of talked about what he got up to on the weekend and and then he would have a few topics. That's sort of the way I modeled this podcast. And you know, I love like all his mannerisms and stuff like he's like all his sayings like and I don't say his sayings on the podcast and stuff, but but you know, like you naturally, you know, imitate mannerisms and stuff when someone's your hero and you really admire them. So it's like, fucking hell, dude. Turns out I've been ripping off a creep, which is bad news bear. Um, And so this first, this first accusation came out about him from this girl who was 16 and he was 35 at the time. And my first instinct was like, this has to be bullshit. And I wrote down all these thoughts. I had about a page on all, all these thoughts I had on like cancel culture and and Twitter, and like, how, how final it is, like, you just get accused of something, and you're just like, that's it, um, and I was texting my friend Maddie, who runs a blog, because I didn't want to accidentally defend his actions, because I, I don't, I don't condone what he did, but, and I had this page, and I thought, yeah, I could maybe talk about this, because I don't really talk about complex issues on the pod, because they're fucking complex, you know, and I don't probably do enough reading to talk about them, you know, and sometimes I say the wrong things, even when I don't mean to, like, the other day I was with the lads we went to get Vietnamese, get a, a banh the Vietnamese rolls. I, call, I called them a commie sandwich. And apparently that was a, a bit uncouth, you know, that was not well received. Um, but I, I had all these thoughts and then I went back on Twitter like half an hour later and it was like hundreds more screenshots from teenage girls came out from like 16, 17 year old girls. And he's like 36, 37, 38. And so I just scrunched all that shit up and threw, threw it out. I was like, dude, I'm not fucking... Get in the mix of this. Jesus Christ, this guy's a fucking weirdo. Like what the hell? It's such a weird thing. And also, the thing with Crystal Ear is he played a creep on two TV shows. On two separate TV shows, he played um a guy who like loves getting with teenage girls. You know, I mean I can see why he took the roles, but why what like why would you take that role? <laughs> Are you a fucking idiot? It's all very bizarre. It's all very bizarre. There's this video, um, yeah, there's this video on, there's all these podcast clips. Um, I tell you what is scary is like people are like taking podcast clips out of context from like, he's literally been on thousands of hours of podcasts and you know, people are taking like a minute and a half of a pod he was a guest on in like 2016 being like, see, see, it's like, fuck, like that's scary to me. If someone's, you know, going through your podcast with a fine tooth comb. I mean you could you could get anything to suit any agenda in that situation but but it's uh not really not really the issue at hand but um there's this one where he finds out that Snapchat's can be saved or like screen recorded and he starts like freaking out on a pod and I was like Jesus Christ this is this is not good at all not good at all um I don't understand the underage thing if you're 35 what are you doing texting fucking 20 year olds you know 21 year olds 22 year olds let alone fucking 18-year-olds. I was 24 and I went on a few dates with an 18-year-old girl last year and I was like, a few things she said, I was like, fuck, this chick is young. You know, it's just, it's, it's. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. It's a weird one. I fucking love this guy. I'm so disappointed. I'm like upset about it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. No, it's not about me. Like, you know, I feel sorry for the poor girls who fucking had to deal with this garbage from this guy, but I don't know. It's a weird one. My mate Rowan said something kind of insightful. He said, everyone has like a vice, you know, and you don't want it to be sex. And crystal D'Elia is famously sober, has never touched drugs or alcohol. You know, I thought that was an interesting point. You know, everyone needs something, you know, like a dirty vice, like, a, oh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this, but it makes me feel good. You know, for most people, it's a few schooners, maybe a maybe a joint. I don't know what you get up to. Maybe you go skateboarding. But he famously like doesn't really like anything crystal D'Elia. He just does stand up and that's it. And he doesn't drink or do drugs. He doesn't really have any hobbies. So, I don't know. Ugh. So disappointing. So disappointing. And then all of his comedian friends, who are also some of my heroes, I was like, well, we'll get to the bottom of it when they comment on it. And they were all just like, this guy's a monster. I was like, oh God. It is. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's just like, ugh. You know, it's just, I don't know. He's a big old creep. And I do not condone Anything he did, dude. And what a pest on the DMs. He's messaging girls all over the world. He messaged a girl I know in Perth. Being like, I'm coming to Perth. you got to come see me. And he's like, who has the time for all these DMs? You know, it's... And also, like, this is not, um, you know, obviously as bad as preying on young girls, which he's been doing, but he's obviously also been rampantly cheating on his missus. He's got, like, a long-term partner, you know, I think of three or four years, and they have a child together. And it's obvious that anytime he gets on the road, which is every weekend, he has been absolutely just r- r- working those thumbs into next week, you know, in fucking high school group chats all over town. So, guys are fucking weirdo, man. It's disappointing. Disappointing indeed. But it did make me think. I'm wondering, you know, going forward, I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult. If you want to be a famous creep, you know, I think we're really weeding them out. It's fucking awesome. But with screen recordings, screenshots, I saw this thing where you can do like, you can almost exit the app and then if you screenshot that, it doesn't come up on Snapchat or something. I don't know. But it's going to be very hard to be a famous creep. You know, what What are the rock stars of 2030, 2040 going to do when they want to, ch- not not even be a creep, I should say, you know, women of women of age, but like when they want to cheat on their partners, like rock stars and actors and and uh these sort of people you know they they're going to they're going to they're gonna cheat on their wives on the road but how are they going to cover it up now because in this digital era it's just getting so difficult you know i think it'll get to, it, it's going to be very very hard especially when we have like contact lenses where you know everything's you hit record on your fucking the side of your head and you you're recording everything in your eyes it's going to be very hard to be a uh to be a scumbag and i feel for the rock stars of the future i really do but I think it's going to get to the point where, you know, you'll see the freaking lead singer of a band, he's going to have to send out a messenger pigeon to some groupie and be like, you know, the messenger pigeon will have like a, a note that says, meet me in this hotel room at nine 30 and then it fucking explodes. And then the pigeon takes a cyanide pill and dies in front of you, you know. You don't want that pigeon yapping to the press. And it's all positive change, you know, treating women better. And, you know, these famous blokes, obviously, have got some sort of a superiority complex or they just think they're untouchable or invincible it's it's very weird I just can't wrap my head around the underage thing why you would do that you know and a lot of people say uh, you know Seinfeld Jerry Seinfeld you know if you wanted to be a creep the 90s was the time to do it before the internet uh, clearly because Jerry Seinfeld was 38 and he was full on dating a 17 year old girl like dating her so it was like he was obviously having sex with her and he's fine he's still fucking beloved as hell Everyone loves him, you know? So what's that about? But a lot of people say, oh, like, leave Chris D'Elia alone. You know, Jerry Seinfeld did this, which was way worse, and uh, no one cares about that. And it's kind of like, two creeps don't make a right, okay? You know? Or, like, so-and-so did this, and he he didn't get cancelled, so why should Chris D'Elia get cancelled? It's like, it's like, that that guy's also a fucking weirdo. That That doesn't, it's not a cancel-out thing, you know? They're separate creeps in separate worlds. So I don't, I don't uh, you know, adhere to any of that bullshit. You know, oh, so-and-so did this. It's like, all right, well, good for so-and-so. When we're done, you know, when Chris D'Elia gets cancelled, then they'll fucking, the mob will move on to him, you know. They, it's all very bizarre. But, so that's what I think about it. I don't condone it at all. I And I was worried I would accidentally defend him because I love Chris D'Elia so much. Um, that's why I didn't want to talk about it too much, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Yeah, it's it's just I wanted to talk about it because he like I love Crystal Air so much, it was just really caught me off guard. Um But yeah, I don't know. That's forty eight minutes probably probably enough really. I don't want to talk about anything else. I will say this. Alright, just quickly, last thing I'll talk about. I'm reading this great book at the moment. It's called um I don't know what it's called, actually. Ah fuck, I forgot the name of the book. Alright, that'll be... Oh, uh, it's over there. Uh, it's in another room, the book. Fuck. It's a good book, though. And you know what? I'll keep reading it, and I'll, maybe I'll talk about it next week. It's about soccer hooligans. Ugh, why can't I remember the name? Is it called I'm a Hooligan? Undercover Hooligan? Shit. Okay, well, that is the pod for this week. Apologies about that last book thing. Um, yeah, if you're a fan of Crystalia, maybe you shouldn't be anymore like me, unfortunately get off that train and if you've got a mullet enjoy it you know you know I, I applaud you for having a mullet i enjoy the haircut um but don't roll into a cocktail bar and expect to be uh expect the world to be at your feet you know you can either have a mullet or you can have a mango margarita but you can't have both brother okay and if you think you can guess what you can back off because my podcast i won't say it again okay i won't say it again but thanks for listening guys um as always just a final thing if you'd like to support me in any way, if you just want to tag a mate in a stand-up video on Facebook, that is honestly the most help you could ever give me. More than money, you know? Like, if you tag tag a few friends and they, they happen to like my, my stand-up comedy, maybe they come and see me one day, that's fucking golden, you know? So, love for you to do that. Unfortunately, I want to film. There's some bits I really want to film, but fucking coronavirus is killing me right now. Killing everyone, you know, but I think I've been the most affected in the whole world. I think I feel very comfortable saying that on the pod. Alright, no one has been affected by coronavirus more than me. And uh I'll stand by that. Uh <laughs> but yeah, th- thank you for listening, etc. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's stronger, me. Don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, oh